0: Comes jumping off my Chinese house Welcome to Yarns at Yenhu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 202, Vacation Stitching. This episode will drop on Friday, July 20th, 2018, but it has been previously recorded. So I won't talk about any finished projects, but I will talk quite a bit about things that I'm taking on vacation. To stitch on while I'm visiting beautiful Provincetown, Massachusetts, my most favorite vacation spot. So I hope you enjoy the episode. As always, you can find photographs, show notes, and links to things I talk about on my website, Yarns at Yinhu. You can also meet Yarns at Yinhu listeners who are fascinating and very intelligent by joining in the conversation on the thread on Ravelry. Being a knitter with a capital K means that you start thinking about what knitting projects to pack before you start thinking about anything else you're going to take with you when you go on vacation. I definitely fall into that category And certainly for me, sock knitting is the ideal travel and beach knitting. So in anticipation of my holiday in P-Town, I have wound up two different sock yarns and I plan to make some shorty socks. These are socks with a very short cuff and I'm taking some liberties with the patterning on this. I thought it would be interesting to take the center panel from my Humblebee sock pattern and put it along the outside of the top of the foot. There are many sock designs that have as their essential design element some sort of panel that runs down the side of the foot. The Humblebee socks are patterned all over and there's a panel down the back, but I just thought about moving it to the side of the foot, and knitting up some quick socks. The yarn I've selected is some yarn dyed by Carol of Foster Sheep Farm. She has Carol's dyeing is so beautiful. She has such a great color sense. She dyes in a range of colors, not just her favorite. In fact, it's difficult to tell what her favorite colors are. She does that good a job of coming up with different colorways. And she dyes on American made superwash merino yarn. It's a great sock yarn. It's a very plump sock yarn. it borders on the feel of a sport weight yarn when you're knitting with it. So it makes really dense, scrumptious socks. I have some in a beautiful blue colorway, kind of like It's kind of like knitting with denim colors. So I have some balls of that all ready to go and cast on and the cuff started on two socks. It's a great preparation for on-the-go knitting because you don't have to think about casting on. It's already done. The second yarn I chose is a yarn hand-dyed by Hope of Hope's Favorite Things, and she released it when I came to the shop with my Humblebee sock pattern and these are like honey flowery colors and Hope made a gift of her hand-dyed sock yarn. So I've balled that up in two different balls and got socks started and the cuff started on those as well. So they will all go into my project bag with the laminate lining which is my perfect beach knitting project bag. Super ready to go. A larger project that I'm bringing along is something that I've been wanting to start all year but haven't managed to do and that is what will eventually become a felted tote. When I was shopping at Rhinebeck last fall I bought a beautiful set of leather handles for a tote bag. And they came with a pattern for a felted tote. I also purchased Lamb's Pride yarn in the colors that I wanted to use for the bag. It's kind of a striped look to the bag. It's knit on U.S. size 10.5 needles and then felted. So I thought it would be the perfect, relaxed vacation knitting. Not something I will take on the beach, but maybe something to have in our Airbnb rental to speed along on while I'm there. And then I can finish, felt, and hopefully line the completed bag when I return from vacation. I've been saving up some smaller projects to take with me. I was the recipient of some pearl and loop earring kits from Hope. She picked them up when she visited TNNA earlier this spring. And I thought, oh, you know, that'll be the perfect thing to work on when I'm on vacation. And then I started thinking about this idea of making some jewelry So I have an embroidery project that goes on a necklace. I have some copper tubing and an idea for a necklace and tassel project that I've sort of been turning over in my mind ever since I finished my aura shawl and ended up with a little bit of that beautiful samite yarn. I really want to turn that into some sort of I cord necklace with a tassel. And so I purchased some copper tubing pieces at the local hardware store, and I'm thinking about a way to combine those elements and make a really beautiful pendant necklace. I'll be taking my spinning on vacation. I mentioned it in the previous episode. I'll be taking my Jenkins spindles with me and making some time to spin each day in a different location and take a photo because I'm on Team Jenkins Turkish for Tour de Fleece this year. And I thought it would be a great way to show listeners around my favorite town. So I'll be posting to social media and including those photos on the Ravelry threads as well. Finally, I'll be taking some Sashiko mending to do on vacation with my friend Mary, who is my woodworking tutor. I haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but I have a colleague who is quite skilled in woodworking. She's one of the technology teachers in the district where I work. And we've collaborated on a number of things, including some embroidered necklaces that I've posted on social media in the past. And our latest endeavor is to do some wood turning. So at the end of the year, last day of school, when everyone was emptying out of the building, we were in the wood shop <laughs> with. Our protective eyewear and working with the drill press and the lathe, and she is helping me through some kind of top secret projects that will eventually become Christmas gifts. In addition, we started talking about Sashiko stitching and the idea of embroidering on some jeans. I don't wear jeans very often. They're not part of my uniform, mostly because I have a very difficult time finding jeans I like to wear. I prefer dresses and tunics to pants most of the time, but this idea of hand stitching on jeans really intrigued me, and it was a project that Mary and I could work on together, send pictures back and forth, that kind of thing. So after several visits to different thrift shops in my hometown and in the traveling I've been doing this summer, I managed to find a pair of very worn jeans in a fit that's not perfect, but it's doable. And I think I will love these jeans more as I put my own stamp on them with some hand embroidery and mending. I have cotton embroidery thread, I have some fabrics that I think would be nice to overlay in certain areas where the denim is very worn. And of course I plan to search the internet and search social media for examples and ideas of how to go about getting started with this visible mending. I really enjoy looking at photographs of visible mending, but I haven't thought very much about how to begin on a project of my own. My sister Laura might be very helpful in this capacity in giving me some advising. She is the amazing stitcher whose work I sometimes post on social media. She has a great collection of ideas on her Pinterest page. And I'm thinking of enlisting her help with a consult before I head off on vacation. It's very unlikely that I will get to all of these projects, but I think to have an enjoyable vacation as a crafter, it's important to have options. Usually what happens is I take along a variety of options and then I end up sinking into one or two projects, making a lot of progress on them and ignoring the others. And that's fine. I think the worst feeling is not to feel like you have something to work on or to look at what you've brought along and not feel like working on any of that. And then to feel like you have some amazing vacation downtime that could be dedicated to your crafting, but you don't have anything with you that you particularly want to do. So, having these options, you know, in different crafts. Different focus levels, different media, I think will give me the options I need so that I can settle into what's really attracting me at the moment. Another important consideration for a beach vacation is beach reading, and I plan to take along several issues of Taproot Magazine. I haven't made my way through every issue completely and these these issues are so beautiful that it it's really always worth going through back issues and rereading or rediscovering the recipes and the projects that are in there just to have a source of inspiration and also some points for meditation also because there are really some gripping articles in there and some important things to think about. I've also been looking at my bookshelves, and this year I will be taking a few poetry collections from Mary Oliver. Mary Oliver is a Provincetown poet. She was born in Ohio, I think educated in the Midwest, but most of her adult life she has spent living in Provincetown with her partner, Molly Malone Cook. Mary Oliver is 82 now. She's been writing poetry for a very long time, and she has been slowly and carefully honing her craft. She's known primarily for her observations of the natural world. So her collections are the perfect companion for a vacation in P-Town. I highly recommend that you look into Mary Oliver's poetry if you aren't already familiar with it. It's accessible, it's readable, it's very beautiful, and I think its teaching allows us to look more carefully at the world around us. If you read one Mary Oliver poem, it should be Wild Geese. I will not share it on the podcast here today, but I will link it in the show notes. You should print out a copy. You should find a very quiet place out of doors and read this poem slowly and again and again. Today I'll share Mary Oliver's poem titled Breakage. It makes me think of taking a walk along the jetty that extends from the east end of town out to a remote beach that can only be reached by foot or by watercraft. There used to be a settlement way out there, but the homes have been moved back Further to the west in town, there's are some of my favorite homes in P-Town because they have such a rich history. But now there are just two lighthouses out there, I think, and beach. Since it's very hard to get to, there usually aren't very many people out there. And you really need to dedicate a morning to walking that jetty if you want to spend some time there. It has been many years, perhaps more than 10 years, since I've walked that jetty, and I've just really been thinking about how much I want to do that, and how much I need a physical journey to match the emotional journey that I've been on this year, and to seek that quiet and that stillness at the very tip of the world. (laughs) It's like you go out until you can't go anymore. I think that's what appeals to people who go to P-Town, is to kind of, what it means to get to the end of something. It's what Michael Cunningham writes about in Land's End, his little travel guide to P-Town, which is one of my reading companions whenever I go there. And I, I think I just really need to make that journey and so finding this poem, this is a new to me poem by Mary Oliver, even though it was published in Poetry Magazine in 2003. So it's not a new poem by any stretch, but new to me. It's called Breakage. I go down to the edge of the sea, how everything shines in the morning light the cusp of the whelk, the broken cupboard of the clam. The opened blue mussels, moon snails, pale pink and barnacle scarred. And nothing at all whole or shut, but tattered, split, dropped by the gulls onto the gray rocks and all the moisture gone. It's like a schoolhouse of little words, thousands of words. First you figure out what each one means by itself, the jingle, the periwinkle, the scallop full of moonlight. Then you begin slowly to read the whole story.